0: Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. You can find out more about me and my work as an intuitive guide and teacher at KarenHager.com. Now, then, what if there was a deeper, truer way of communicating that went beyond the bias and the trauma that's coded in? in the words we use. So much contradictory and emotionally charged information is coming at us from all directions these days. And it's easy to get lost in our own limits, in our own reactivity. Dr. Cynthia Andrews is my guest today. And she says that returning to our inner wisdom now is essential and that we can do that by clearing preconceptions and restoring the language all beings understand. Are you ready to meet her? Cynthia Andrews is a licensed naturopathic doctor and energy intuitive. She's a writer and teacher, authoring and co-authoring eight books on energy, healing, and consciousness. She taught for 15 years at the Connecticut Center for Massage Therapy and taught in the Bodywork School at the Kripalu Yoga Institute. Currently, she has a private practice in Guilford, Connecticut, and continues to teach through online courses and mentoring. Find out more. At explorationsinenergy.com. Cynthia, welcome to Out of the Fog. Oh,
1: well, thank you so much for having me, Karen. It's a pleasure to be here talking with your friends. I
0: pulled a quote that I want to use to to kind of start this off. This moved me enormously, and it it I it it excites me in a way that I don't usually get excited. <laughs> Reading other people's books. So here's that, here's that quote that I pulled. We need a language of the heart, one of transformation that everyone can speak and understand. I suspect this language is energy awareness. Every person in every nation, every animal, every plant, earth itself communicates through energy. We are born understanding this language. We are wired to negotiate the energy terrain of transformation. In the process of socialization we've simply forgotten how man i love that so can you speak into that what is it that we've forgotten what kind of connection have we just blown
1: right by well i think the word you just used is the word it's connection we have um grown up with this myth we've been trained into this myth that we are individual creatures that that are disconnected from everything around us and the truth is that we have this continual connection through the field or through the flow of energy and we're connected to every other single thing and and all you know one of the things that quantum physics is really showing us is that everything has consciousness there is no longer a, a separation between you know, matter and life. They they coexist. They are the you know, they have aspects of the same. And through understanding that connection with everything, it changes it changes your entire life in all ways. Um communicating in that language of energy that that connects all of us is about listening to the body. It's really a deeper level of body awareness where we tune into in present time the information our body is receiving from the ambiance, or from the field or from all the other life around us and how it translates through our energy structures our aura and funneled into our chakras and then converted into signals that we can understand signals like emotions emotions are Um, Emotions really are the the deepest level of um, energy language. And so in that emotional content, we understand the world around us much better. And then we have our inner knowings and we have our intuitive insights. And all of those things are validated through our body, through the actual... Um, sensations of our body that tell us, yes, that thought was real. Yes, that emotion has something to tell you that's important in the environment you're in. And so, those listening to the body sing, signals in combination with the intuitive insights and inner knowings that we have is is pretty much how we begin to decipher the language.
0: And yet we're we scramble to get away from ourselves and get out of our bodies. We um, ignore or cover up or kind of poo-poo the the intuitive knowing, the the little sparks that if we followed those sparks, we could really get somewhere. We could find that connection. Why is it that we scramble so to get away from this?
1: I think that's all part of the deprogramming. I think if you can keep people out of their bodies, then you keep them separate and you keep them... Um, you know, as these isolated islands. And the truth is that no matter what is out there, when we are connected to each other, we are more powerful than any political system, any economic system, any of the man-made constructs that exist. We become part of something so much bigger. I think that in control this is going to sound awful but in controlling populations and managing the structures of our of our kind of man-made constructs keeping people separated benefits um those systems sounds awful doesn't it well but it there's truth in it
0: and there's a there's a part of us i think of all of us that that defies control i agree and and it may be that as we um, awaken in the way that you're talking about in your book and in the way that you teach, it may be that as we awaken and kind of, um, is isn't even really peeling back the layers. It's kind of like diving down mm. till we get to the essence. As we awaken in this way, we actually,
1: it, um, it might be harder to control us. And that could be a good thing. Absolutely. That's exactly, that's exactly the point. I agree with you.
0: So how do we begin that dive, especially as most of us are coming from, when I say us on the show, I always mean me too. So especially Mm. because most of us are coming from a place where we know the connection is available, but we struggle to kind of find it and keep it. We, we grab at it sometimes. How do
1: we start? So for me, it started with learning how to pay attention to energy in my body and energy flows in my body and how my body changed in relationship to things that were happening around me and staying in present time you know in the present moment just being able to stay in that present moment not get lost in the future or get Mm -hmm. you know hung up in the past and in that present moment you have access to to not you know back or forward but lateral information and so you can feel what that tree what's going on with that tree or what's happening over here and you have a sense of such a deeper connection and it awakens your body it allows your your body mind to begin to give you information in such a much more constructive and connected way so um one of the one of the things that i did in my book the book is based on 13 meditations for awakening and clearing your energy field and shifting frequencies um i i I try and stay away from the idea that high frequencies are good and low frequencies are bad i think that all frequencies offer us something and that we are in a dance with Mm -hmm. what frequency to use when and where um and we have neglected some of us have neglected some of the some of the frequencies that are more transcendent and so learning how to identify and utilize those frequencies is kind of what the meditations in my book are are aiming to help people do um so those 13 meditations which you know came to me in meditation i guess one way or another um, help to do that deep dive help us to to get into the body in a new way
0: and those meditations are accessible, meaning that the book is accessible. I found it easy to read and practical and fascinating. The meditations are accessible and there's a lot going on there. These aren't, um, they're not really simple meditations, are they?
1: No, Um although I try and I try and make them as simple as I can and I try and make them they are actually very easy to do but but once you're in that state once they have helped you to kind of shift your your awareness a little bit um what you have access to is really very significant and as you say not not simple
0: (laughs) can you give us an example of one of them so listeners can kind of hear what we're talking about here
1: um well so so in in the very the first four meditations are about creating your foundations learning how to center learning how to ground learning how to make boundaries learning how to clear your energy field and the different components of your energy field and those are what i consider just the basics of energy work that everybody needs to know and then after that we start moving into ones that help with um accessing higher levels of consciousness, um, clearing deeper layers of your energy field from some of these preconceived ideas that get in the way of our uh, ability to communicate with each other. and things that and meditations that help us connect with higher source meditations that protect us from from, energy attachments and, and, uh, other people's energy projections that may have a harmful effect on us. Things like
0: that. <laughs> and that's a, and that, that protection piece is something that is not always taught mm-hmm. or always given enough, um, Sacred space, so I'm an intuitive development teacher I've been teaching for a long time, mm-hmm. and I emphasize protection not because we're about to be attacked by goat headed demons, everyone mm-hmm. run ah, not because of that, but because the there's an idea sometimes that when we open up intuitively, we should just like rip everything aside and go full unicorn right and i <laughs> and i I think that when we leave out the protection. We're leaving out an important. The protection is just important as important to this language of communication than that as our openness is.
1: Do you resonate with that? Yes, I do. I think that we ha- that our cells have semi-permeable membranes, and and you know flowers open and close, and and our chakras open and close, and that is for a reason. And but what I what I try and really emphasize is that the best protection that we have is. Um, eliminating from our own field the vibrations that attract attachments or or are receptive to the projections of other people. So really the best protection that we have is self-healing. And the more self-healing work that we do, the greater the light is that's in our field and the more protected we are naturally. However, we are not all at that state of total light all the time, are we? <laughs> nope. Well, and I mean, so... I am and you are, but probably people <laughs> listening <laughs> are Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will take <laughs> myself right out of that <laughs> equation. <laughs> um and so one of the, you know, one of the really powerful protection meditations there, which I call the Celtic Cross, is very interesting to me because it came to me when I was under psychic attack. And this was very early, I was in my 20s, early 20s. I had no idea what anything was that was going on. And this um I, I was under a pretty severe psychic attack and I just asked for help. And immediately the construct that becomes this meditation was um, enveloped around me, and I was absolutely protected. And the entity, it was a person actually, the person doing the psychic assault just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, and later I learned that Dionne Fortune, who was a, a spiritualist or a, um, I, she's really considered the mother of the new age back in the early 1900s in, in England that she had a whole protection based on the Celtic cross that she called, that she said that it called in the spiritual police. And so I thought that was kind of pretty cool. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, mm, a common question that I hear is for people who um, feel that they are empaths. Mm. They can often feel, I'm thinking about what you said about energetic attachments and about picking up energy Mm -hmm. that other people just, there are people in the world who just kind of go there, throw in their energy gaily in every direction. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're aware of it. Sometimes they're not aware of it. But when I talk to people who feel that they are empaths, what's the best kind of protection for them that lets them feel with that extra sense and yet not get swallowed whole?
1: You know, uh, thank you for asking that question. That was one of my biggest aha moments in working with um, people in energy instruction. Working with EMpaths is that you know I kind of had this idea in my head that if everybody grounded and centered and created boundaries and lived in the present moment, that they would be fine. You know, and what I discovered with with EMpaths is that they are actually not designed to create a boundary. It is not in it's not in their energetic makeup. And so I would be working with people, trying to help them make these boundaries and, and they would get more and more frustrated. And I began to realize that I was asking them not to be themselves. And so here, this whole thing about energy awareness is about claiming your authenticity. And yet this whole group of people, I was asking them not to be themselves. Wow. And so as I really kind of felt into that and felt into my own you know, limited empathic abilities and experiences, I realized that that what is important for an empath is not a boundary, but is shelter, is finding a place to be sheltered where you can be within a protection and yet be feeling out at the same time. And so when I started asking people to identify what their shelter was, it was amazing. It was the it was like light bulbs going off and energy expanding. And, and it could be standing under an oak tree that they had grown up with. It could be going inside of a mountain in Peru. It could be any number of things. Almost every time it related to the natural world, something in nature, um, that they were able to resonate with that provided shelter for them. And then, in that shelter place where they had protection, they were able to continue to feel without taking in the negative impacts of it. That's what that's what a beautiful shift that is. It was amazing for me. it was it was such a um, significant understanding for me.
0: You're listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Dr. Cynthia Andrews. She's the author of Subtle Energy Work, Meditative Exercises for Healing, Self-Love, and Inner Balance. You can find out more about Cynthia and her work at explorationsinenergy.com. We were talking before about that that feeling of disconnect. It's kind of an epidemic of disconnection, really, Mm -hmm. and how that can feed into kind of – darker, twistier ideas of yeah. of being controlled, of us not being fully in controlled. And you mentioned that there are preconceived notions that we have that kind of keep us out of connection or keep us from beginning this process of awareness. Can you share some examples of what those preconceived notions might be?
1: Well, so in terms of preconceived notions, we've sort of already a little bit talked about them in in that we are really raised to believe that in this individualism that has no connection to anything. You know, the whole idea of the subtle energy connection just is is not there, or the idea that we are interdependent with a much larger whole like the planet itself. Um, Those things are not part of our social engineering, but in a bigger way. it's more related to the language. It's like, I can use a word and it's gonna mean something to me based on my experiences in life. And it's gonna mean something different to you. And these words become little codes that when we hear them, they trigger entire um, events inside of us. And we think that we're communicating, but we're really not communicating because each word is triggering a a whole set of trauma within us based upon our past experiences and I you know this became really apparent to me when I was working with my horse I, I one of my passions is horses and I take in horses that have had problem past and try and and work with them and I had this this horse that had never been abused and yet she act like she had been terribly abused and her issue was really that she was kind of like an empath herself. In, in that every single thing felt like an assault to her. So if you talked to her in a normal voice, she felt like you were yelling. If you, if you, you know, tugged on her halter, she felt like she was being dragged across the universe. And and so everything had to be calmed down and calmed down and calmed down. And I finally even understood that just saying. You know walk or stop or clicking or squeezing it came coded with her past history of not being understood in such a big way that i had to change the language altogether i had to get rid of all the different ways that we talked and just simply talk through pushing her away with my energy or drawing her towards me and and i had a, a, an exceptional um teacher a uh, natural horsemanship teacher who who taught me these things. And it was really an amazing entry into the communication with a horse on that level. And it it really helped me to understand that words are not just words, they're triggers to our past.
0: And we assign value also to the words that we use. I think, especially the words that divide us Mm -hmm. and, and that, That's a really interesting idea that when we're speaking to each other, we think we're communicating, but we're really just kind of tapping again
1: and again on different triggers
0: um, for the person we're communicating with so
1: an alternate way or a way to use energy in that dialogue is and and i try gosh i try and practice this (laughs) so is to make an energy bridge from your heart to the other person's heart always with permission i never do any energy thing with another person without permission and so it may not be permission like may i make an energy bridge but it would be Sending out energy to the edge of their field and waiting for them to let me in, not pushing my way in. And that's the same with animal communication or anything else. And so once you've made that bridge, just bringing love into the heart space there. Now, maybe when we have our conversations, the words will be more aligned with each other.
0: Is that something listeners can is that something listeners can try right now or is it something to try after
1: we've grounded a bit or how do you feel about i feel like the most important aspects of of energy work are being able to ground and center and whatever kind of protection you use and then bring yourself into the present moment and so always before i do any energy of any kind those are the things that i do and having said that what i what i believe we are evolving towards is being in that moment of energy interaction And the awareness of the interaction at all times because the truth is we are in interaction whether we're aware of it or not parts of my field right now even though you're far away our field is interacting and parts of my energy fibers are touching your energy fibers and we're exchanging on that level and with all of your listeners it's happening regardless of the fact that we're paying attention to it it's inherent in being energy beings and so the more that we can pay attention to it and be aware of it the more um conscious we can be about the choices that we're making on an energetic level and that really is my entire purpose in writing the book that we can become more conscious of how we're using our energy
0: and we can get caught i think sometimes in the how to like energy bridge is that three feet across do i make that of (laughs) cobblestones when uh, right and and as if i'm understanding your work correctly we already know how to build the bridge. We're building the bridge. It's more about giving yourself permission to be aware of the gifts and the tools that you already
1: have. So build Excellent. the bridge. A- absolutely. And that's such a, Karen, that's such a beautifully said said point. Yes, yeah, so sometimes the questions that people have, it's like, oh, I never would have thought that we're talking about cobbled streets on that bridge. How interesting is that? And so essentially everything that we do with energy is about light. So it's just light. We're just talking about light, you know. Thank you so much for that for that observation. Oh, of course and it's and
0: it goes to me back to those preconceived notions. I must mm. first of all I'm not good enough to do this. I don't know how this will scare me or harm me in some way. I, if I try these meditations, I'll be ripping off everything. And like I said, go full unicorn, mm-hmm. floating freely. Ah, no, right. And we have these preconceived notions that are just not accurate. Oh, this is about coming to something that that flows like a stream through all of us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Indeed. Um, Whew, made myself all excited there.
1: That was great. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play this part back
0: later and just and kind of secretly glory in it. Why do you call this subtle energy work?
1: You know, I wish there was a really good word that was universally understood, but energy has come to mean so many different things. Um, chi has its own uh, relationship to to traditional Chinese medicine that I don't want to um, impinge upon. Life force is uh, certainly probably the best word you could use for it, um, and yet that also is limited because it doesn't necessarily include the bigger part that that the subtle energy is the vehicle for our consciousness, and and so I just landed on subtle energy because it was used a lot in in um, some of the early 20th century writings and it just seemed the clearest that I could get. Do you have a better word? Cause I would love a better word.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, li- I like subtle because it suggests not, um, not flashy. It suggests mm. the processes that are happening under the surface. Mm-hmm. It suggests um, a whisper, a breath in, instead of like, ta-da, energy. Mm-hmm. And, and so, uh, no, I, I like subtle and it, and it feels to me it and in reading the book, it it speaks into that place where the the smallest shifts we make, like mm-hmm. looking at a shelter instead of a boundary, the smallest shifts we make can make the biggest difference. So I like subtle energy. You're well, a poet,
1: Karen. <laughs> Thank
0: you. <laughs> I'm passionate about this stuff. Well, I'm passionate about
1: this stuff, you know,
0: Um, as people begin to feel into this, what changes might they find in their awareness and especially in their awareness of during their everyday life things?
1: I think what we really become aware of, again, we're going back to connection for, well, several things, but, but how interconnected we are with everything around us, and how the, it's like all of nature is just waiting for us to notice this connection. And as soon as you do, it's like, it's like I'm I'm clearing up leaves, and and there's a bird sitting in, and it doesn't fly away. And I sit down next to it, and pretty soon it's actually letting me touch it. Why? Why is it doing that? You know, because we have acknowledge that there is this deeper level of connection and it's like all of nature is just waiting for us it's like we we think of ourselves as the pinnacle of evolution i think of us as the most nascent species we're just the we're just the newest one here and the rest of these this this extraordinary adventure on this planet is saying oh come on humans just wake up just notice this bigger thing (laughs) (laughs) i forgot yeah
0: do you believe in or or um ascribe to the idea that there is a it sounds like you do that there's kind of a unifying principle or divine uh love or truth is that is that the container for this
1: always-on connection that's an interesting word container i do believe that there is a higher um essence to everything and um Universal oneness, yes, I, I I, would say I do agree with that. Um, container is an interesting word. I have to think on that, Karen.
0: <laughs> it's a trigger word, isn't it? Because it could be like a, a bottle mm. you can't get out of, or mm-hmm. it could be a maybe as big as the galaxy beyond y- that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting, interesting point. But yes, I do believe that there is a unifying principle. And I do believe that, that love is the glue of the universe. (laughs) You know, love is really the substance of the universe. Love is, love is really all that there is and everything that, everything that we consider evil is just simply not love. And so we have to just bring it into love.
0: Hmm. Cynthia, thank you for talking with us, how can listeners connect with you, get the book, find out more about what it is that you're working on?
1: Um, the book they can get at Amazon or any bookseller, um, Barnes and Nobles and any of the booksellers, um, they can get the book there. They can certainly email me through Explorations and Energy, um, the contact page there, and I will respond to their emails. And, and I do a lot of, of mentoring, which I love. That's my favorite thing is to help people kind of unravel the places where they're not, not doing their um, energy work as clearly as they would like to. So, so, yeah.
0: That's beautiful. Cynthia, I'm really glad you talked with us. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Karen, and your listeners.
0: I've been talking with Dr. Cynthia Andrews. She is the author of Subtle Energy Work, Meditative Exercises for Healing, Self-Love, and Inner Balance. You can find out more about Cynthia at explorationsinenergy.com. The contact page there will let you reach out to her directly. And of course, you're always welcome over at karenhager.com. It's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. And you're always welcome. Um, able to book a session with me there if you're so inclined. And the fun continues over on Instagram where I am Fog City Psychic. We've got pictures of Maisie the dog. We've got pictures of the puzzles that I'm working on. And I, who knows, beautiful things that I see on my walks with Maisie. One of the best things I think, well, there's a lot of good things, aren't there? But one of the best things about having a dog in the home is that there's all that walking, and in mm-hmm. those walks around our neighborhood, and in the the tree that we pass every day, it's so cool to see the seasons changing, to see those little details, those little places of connection that I might have missed if I just drove by it in a car or just walked by once a day on my way to visit the neighbor. So, um, pictures from our walks with Maisie the dog are also on uh, Instagram, where I'm Fog City Psychic, and there's a bunch of other stuff there too. Thank you for listening today. Together, we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.